I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, March 25, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So here we are after a big down day on Friday, which somewhat changed the character of the market. We discussed all those things in the weekend update, so let's go forward and see what we have today. So the market really didn't go anywhere today, looked like they wanted to go lower, but in a sense had somewhat of a recovery and finished somewhat near the flat line by the end of the day. The S&P 500 was down about two points, that's more of a rounding error than anything else, and the Dow was actually up about 14 points at the end of the day, and the Nasdaq Composite was down five. So after all the back-and-forth behavior during the day, the market pretty much finished close to where it began the day. So what can we derive from today's activity? Actually, there is a lot. We're going to bring up several different charts, and we're going to get a look at the market from several different angles. And when we look at it from several different angles, you'll see how we really chunk down the short term into the intermediate term into the slightly longer term and think about longer term as just weeks not necessarily months or years we have to have a clear understanding and a clear definition of all the terms so that we're all on the same page so for the purposes of this longer term is just weeks so just real quick just to reiterate we're below the 28040 that was a number that was important Is it going to be important going forward? Probably not as it once was. We've already been through it back and forth a couple of times. It diminishes the importance of the 280.40. However, I think it still is important. It's going to diminish, however, over time. However, look at the high from today. It's not quite up at 280.40, but you'll see they made a run for it early in the day. The high is 280.19. That's also a fair... That's also a far cry from where the lows were today, all the way down at 277.64. But we're going to get a chance to look at some of the different reasons why we might have found support down in that zone this morning. And some of the things that we've discussed about before, which is just chart stuff in general. And then some of the things we discussed over the last video or two. And you'll see how they begin to come together. Before we go on, let me just pause and once again thank everybody for participating, posting comments underneath the video all the time. I love the interaction, and you know I especially love the banter back and forth. In addition, only if it's worthy, please hit the thumbs up button on the video, and then go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Now keep in mind, as we run through some of these charts, just keep something in the back of your mind. A, there's no doubt about it, the market took a bearish turn on Friday. That's a fact. But B, just for now, don't necessarily fall in love with the downside 
doesn't mean the market's just going to open up the trap door and everybody just falls right through. Doesn't always work like that. It can work like that. It's worked like that in the past. And there certainly will be spots where it will work like that in the future. But we always have to keep all our options open. And when I go through these charts tonight, keep in mind those couple of items. Let's start with the weekly chart since we're talking about an important number, 280.40. We had what I like to call a recapture of that number on the downside. So we tried to get above it. The market closed above that number. The market got well above that number intro week last week, but ended up closing below that number. That's important information we need to know. We're going to use that information to our advantage or information like this more often than not. So just looking at it from a weekly perspective, it's a small bucket of bearish. Could turn into a larger bucket of bearish, but right now we're going to stay small and move on. Back to the daily chart. What did we do today? On the daily chart, we filled a gap. Okay, that's fair enough. That's common, normal market behavior. Garden variety market behavior. The gap was at 278.44, and if I slide this over, we'll see that today's low happened to be 277.64. So we came down into that zone a little bit, but we certainly closed above the gap. That's a sign for me, not of bearish, but of somewhat bullish behavior. It doesn't have to be bullish, but it's not necessarily bearish. If we closed deep inside or underneath that gap, I would look at that differently than I'm looking at the fact that the market respected the gap for now. So I look at that and I put it in the positive column. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. How about a 240-minute chart? We don't look at this one a lot. But the reason I'm bringing it up is I want to make it a point to show you that now we have what we like to call and what everybody calls and what is called a doji candle and then what I like to call potentially a pseudo doji candle. We don't know if anything's going to develop out of this yet. We can just go sideways and then lower again. That's certainly possible. But I just want to bring it to our attention. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. There's nothing definitive on the 240 minute chart. I'm just looking how about a 180 minute chart do we have anything relevant here well we have some interesting stuff now all of a sudden our eyes anybody that's taken the course at lazy e-mini trader our eyes go right to three reasons why this could certainly be viewed as a bullish chart setup not a bearish chart setup so that's of note, it's a puzzle piece, it's on the table, and we know that that's wrong simply underneath the previous candle's low. So here we go, the low is 277.64, which happened to be the low of the day. Any 180-minute candle close below that low, and this is no longer obviously a bullish chart setup. Now, I understand 180 minutes is three hours. A lot can happen in three hours. We're just looking at the chart. This could have been a 10-minute chart. This could have been a 30-minute chart. This could have been a 5-minute chart. It doesn't make any difference. All charts act and react the same way that's what you're learning in the course at lazy e-mini trader and then what we do is we take a look at stuff like this and we apply all these things and all of a sudden we get those aha moments that say oh yeah i see exactly why this could be a bullish chart setup and exactly where i'm wrong and it's no longer a bullish chart setup 
This so happens to be a 180-minute chart, but we see the same ones on very short-term charts all the time. Moving along, we go down to a 120-minute chart. This is two hours worth of activity. Doesn't look the same. Doesn't nearly look bullish on the chart. In fact, other than the fact that the second-to-last candle could be a tail candle, there's nothing bullish on this chart. We're below all the moving averages, and we could be putting in a bear flag pattern, if you will, for lower prices ahead. So this 120-minute chart is not necessarily confirming the bullish chart that I saw, the bullish reasons why the 180-minute chart could have been a setup. Still could be, but I'm not getting that same look nor confirmation from the 120-minute chart. Doesn't mean the stock market won't go up. Doesn't mean it won't go down. We're just looking. We're browsing. How about the hourly chart? What do we have here? Well, it's interesting. It's not necessarily bullish, but we have a couple of recent things that occurred that aren't necessarily bearish either. So we popped back up above the 200-period moving average. That's in the bullish camp. That's one of the first things my eye gets drawn to. The second thing my eye gets drawn to is the reversal candle. We put in a low, the following candle reversed and closed above the previous candle. That's signs of bullish behavior. Doesn't mean the chart's going to rock it up from here. It's just not necessarily in the negative camp, but it's in the positive camp. These are all little puzzle pieces. They get put on the table, and then at the end, when we put together the picture, it'll tell us whether we're potentially in the setup for a high-probability trade on the long or the short side. But first, we have to go through this process. So when I look at the hourly chart, is it telling me one thing or the other? Is it telling me the market's likely to go up or down based on this chart? Not really. It's not really telling me that it's pointing up and it's not really telling me it's pointing down. It's non-committal one way or the other. I guess very similar to that Mueller report. And that one was just tee it high and let it fly. I teed it up for myself on accident and I just had to take a swing at it. How about if we go all the way down to a 10-minute chart? Is there anything here giving us really any confirmation one way or the other? And the answer really is no. Maybe we're consolidating a little bit underneath the 50-period moving average, but that's into the end of the day. It's really meaningless. You have no idea how the market's going to open up first thing in the morning. Stuff can happen overnight. Stuff can happen early in the morning in the futures, which drives where the opening price ends up being in the spider. So we're not going to take anything away from a short-term 10-minute chart at the end of the day. Since I don't have anything tangible on the 10-minute, I go back to the 60 and I say, if I had to, not that I do, but if I had to pick, is it bullish or bearish? And if I had to pick, I would have to say, as long as we stay above the 200-period moving average on this hourly chart, it'll stay reasonably bullish or at least not too bearish. But if we get below the 200-period and we begin going down And you can see it better on a 10-minute chart. If we begin going down toward today's lows, there's a fair chance that we can actually go below and the market can accelerate to the downside. That's certainly possible. So we have to use today's low as a bogey. With early morning activity a little on the rodeo side, 
10-minute closes really aren't sufficient enough, and therefore, you're really going to need to go and defer to the hourly chart to get the bigger picture if something larger on the downside may be developing. So I would have to see hourly closes below today's low to really tell me that we're going to see much, much lower prices. And that certainly could already be happening by the time an hour closes at 10.30 a.m. I'm just giving you in my mind what I'm thinking as I'm describing it. I'm realizing I'm telling you one thing and you're probably thinking, yeah, but. So I'm kind of giving you the whole data dump as we go. What happens if the market does fall? Where would it go? So there's a couple of things going on on the downside. Number one is somewhere in this area right here, and I don't mean to say somewhere in this area. This is the area, but it diminishes the more we've gone sideways. But this was likely around 275 would normally be supportive of the market. But as you can see, we came down a couple of times, not necessarily close to 275 but the fact that we come close and we rally away come close again rally away how many times do you think that's going to go on the more times that goes on the more likely we are to go through 275 and what's looming behind is what's called a gap window and then we fill the gap right down here down around 274 just north of 274 so that's what's waiting on the downside at least from an hourly chart perspective but remember, we have a different look based on what chart we're looking at. Let's just say the market is going higher tomorrow. Doesn't matter the reason why. Even if we have some kind of a shakeout early in the morning, let's say we get a turnaround and the market's going higher. Doesn't matter whether that's a hypothetical. Doesn't matter whether that's a reality. Doesn't matter whether you don't believe it for a second. Let's just say it's happening. Could they make a run for 280.40? Yeah, why not? Could they get above 280.40? Yeah, why not? Remember, we have something called the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew. So they're going to try and make it look like the market's going to do something that it's not really going to do over the longer term. But think about it for a second. Let's say we got to 280.40. Let's say we got above 280.40 and we closed an hour above 280.40. We all know based on from where we are now that that's about 15 S&P handles away. That's a nice bullish day developing. Why can't it go higher? Then all of a sudden we have this big breakdown candle. We have a 20 period moving average. Why can't the market try and push higher? It can, and that's the answer. It definitely can. So I want to give you both sides. We have to always look out for both sides, and we know what's developing if we begin closing above or below certain areas. We go down to shorter-term charts. We look for breakup and breakdown candle highs and lows, and we begin unpacking what's unfolding on an intraday basis. That's how we treat this as a business. We don't guess, we don't trade on hopium, and we stay aware of both sides of the market. When you look at the daily chart, we can certainly have a few rally days and we could develop something that would look like a down move and a bear flag pattern right in here, and that would produce another down move. But in the midst of having a flag pattern, what's to say we couldn't get to 281, 282, we can. We've all read this book before many, many times. 
trick, trap, fool, and frustrate. The market looks like it's going to go lower. A bunch of bears jump on board. A bunch of traders buy a whole lot of puts. The market reverses. They cover. Little bit of panic buying along the way. Push the market up for a day or two, and then they pull the rug out. How many times have we seen that over and over and over? A couple of last thoughts on the major market in general, S&P 500 in general. We're running into the end of the quarter. The end of March is the end of the quarter. This week is the end of March. So just keep in mind that we've got bonuses going on, quarterly bonuses, hedge fund managers, mutual fund managers, pension fund managers. I'm not saying they do or they don't. I don't really know what's going on in their shops. I'm just saying at the end of the quarter, there tends to be a little bit of quote unquote paint the tape stuff going on. What is paint the tape stuff? Paint the tape stuff means fund managers, money managers. They want to show or not show certain things in their portfolio at the end of a quarter. So there's a cutoff date and they have to either have it or don't have it by the cutoff date. So there's a little shenanigans that may or may not go on. So that's called painting the tape. There's a lot of other ways to paint the tape too. For you youngsters out there, the tape is the market. There used to be something called a ticker tape. We also had something called a rotary phone. Look it up. It weighed about 15 pounds. And if you wanted to move it from one room to the other, the phone company had to come out and do it. And by the way, they could also paint the tape in the other direction too. They can pull the rug out. So we have to be aware of both sides. Right now, our bogey is today's low on the downside. And here's something else in the bearish camp. Where's today's close as it relates to Friday's low? So Friday's low is 279.18. We closed below Friday's low. That's on the bearish side of the ledger, no doubt about it. About the IWM, my favorite market-leading indicator, it was up today. It was up over a half a percent. Is that a divergence? Is that telling us that there's a lot of bullishness coming to the market? Well, it certainly can be, but it can also be a dead cap bounce from getting absolutely smoked on Friday. So you have to take some of this with a grain of salt. It's a positive day. We're trapped in between the 50 and the 100 period moving average. You have to look at this with the proper lens. I'm not looking at the IWM today as a wildly bullish day ready to lead the market to new heights. That's not what I saw today. What I saw today was a dead cap bounce after getting raked over the coals. What's the hourly chart of the IWM telling us? Well, it's telling us that inside of this breakup candle that there are likely higher prices coming. That's what the hourly chart is telling us. Again, we're below all the moving averages, so we can see higher prices. Look at what the runway we have. We can go up even a dollar, two, even three dollars in the IWM and still stay very, very bearish. So you have to take this with a grain of salt. You have to look at it and say, I'm realizing that we can see big swings in both directions. As volatility expands in the market, the range expands. It's called range expansion. So when we get range expansion and the range is from low to high during the day, when we get range expansion, we see larger swings in both directions. So we can expect 
larger swings in both directions. So it's not out of the ordinary if the IWM would go up, run through the 20-period moving average, maybe get up to 152.5, maybe even 153, and still fail. That's certainly possible, but that's a big day or two away from where we are now. So you have to look at it from both angles. What's the bogey on the downside? The low of the breakup candle. The low of the breakup candle is 148.93, an hourly close below the low of the breakup candle, and it's going lower. That's just the way we have to look at the market. One step at a time, one day at a time. Think of one step at a time like this. You're in the woods. You come across a creek. You can get across the creek, but you have to be careful. There's a series of stones that you have to go through one step at a time, Very carefully, otherwise, you're going to slip and you're going to fall into the creek one step at a time. Don't worry right now about where the market might be three weeks from now. What's going on over in the transportation department? It's bearish. Below all the moving averages, poor close today, new closing low from Friday's close after getting smashed. So this is absolutely bearish has been absolutely the go-to canary in the coal mine time and time again. We've talked about it for years. It continues to work. Definitely from a bigger picture perspective, on the table as a puzzle piece, it's a poor close. They may try and save it for a day or two, but it's another shot across the bow similar to what we discussed over the weekend video. When we go out to Silicon Valley and take a look at the queues, do we see the same thing? Absolutely not. We see the market getting killed on Friday, but what we see is the market still in an uptrend. We haven't even come in to test the 20-period moving average. So right now, there are still a lot of holders of the technology stock out there. They haven't let them go just yet. They really haven't distributed the tech stocks. You can see the distribution take place in the transports, but you haven't seen anything like that in the queues. Distribution in the transports, a rolling top in the transports. You can see a top and a lower high. It's kind of a rolling top twice. So we made a lower high in the transports. Doesn't look like the queues The Qs are top-heavy, but they're in an uptrend, and we need to realize that it's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. We need as many puzzle pieces as we can find, and we're going to keep assembling them until we see the picture. The financials. Now, here's another story that I think we need to touch on a little bit further than just here's where we are in the chart. The bond market and yields and an inverted yield curve are the talk of the town. It directly relates to the financials. We've talked about this many, many times, but I actually neglected, I forgot to discuss it in the weekend update. I have every intention of, however, it was on my notes, but if I don't look at my notes, I end up leaving stuff out. So let's go over a couple of things. Let's simplify the whole bond market, inverted yield curve, confusing stuff. What is an inverted yield curve? We're going to keep this really simple. It's when the long bond begins yielding less or providing less return than shorter term bonds. Let's just leave it at that. After you start with that, that's when the economists start piling on with all the ramifications and everything that's going to happen to the stock market, to the bond market, to everything. Emerging markets, developed markets, 
the real estate market, the pantyhose market. They'll link anything they can to an inverted yield curve. But here's all you need to know. Here's the TLT. The TLT represents the bond market. It represents the 20 plus year treasury bond market. So it's the opposite of interest rates. It's the opposite of the yield. So here's what we need to know. The bond market's been on a tear. Look at it. We went up little bit of a pullback and we took another rocket ride to the upside and the bond market screaming which means yields are falling why is that a bad thing well because if yields are falling the economists get scared they think that the economy is weakening therefore money is shifting into bonds driving the price of bonds higher and the yields lower that's true that's what the market is doing but if you listen to them, you think Armageddon is coming because there's a frenzy going on whenever they start discussing the inverted yield curve and all the tentacles that it has. Now, longer term, and in this case, when I say longer term, I'm actually talking about long term, not just a few weeks away. So when I talk longer term about the bond market and yields, we're talking months and years. So longer term, the bond market is a problem. It will be a problem. This all goes to the pickle that the Fred is in. But we're not going to go down that rat hole right now. All we're going to do is look at the bond market and figure out where the next turn is going to come from. If the media is extremely bullish bonds, meaning prices are rising, bearish yields, meaning yields are dropping, and they're getting to what I like to call somewhat of an extreme in terms of that bullish bond sentiment, bearish yield sentiment, I'm looking for where are the bonds going to top out? Where are the yields going to bottom? That's what we're looking for. We go over to the weekly chart of the TLT, and you could see very, very clearly that we're not going to just waltz right through this area. So our bond's going to get to 128, 127, 126 and a half, 128 and a half. We don't know exactly just yet. We'll split the difference and we'll say it's an even cool 127. Now, I don't know that they're absolutely going to get there, but what I do know is if they get there in rapid fashion, that would be an area we would be unlikely to just whistle right past. And if we were up in that neighborhood, keep in mind, the bond yields would be dropping further, the media would be running around with their hair caught on fire, and that's just at the point in which you would be looking for a turn, and then we would go drill down to the shorter term charts, and we would identify the best location and time for a turn to occur. And that's everything that's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. That's the entire point putting it all together in one nice, neat package, put a bow on it, take a trade. And how does that relate to the XLF? Well, because the XLF or the financials have been falling because in part, the yields have been falling. Certainly Friday, they got taken out with everything else, but they've been falling because the yields have been falling and the financials make less money. Yield compression is not good for the financials earnings per share growth. So it has a negative impact. So the financials have been coming down. So if we saw a reversal in yields, meaning yields start to rise back up, bonds start to come down, let's say for hypothetical purposes, we hit the 127 in the TLT, we're likely seeing the XLF at lower prices, 
but that would be an opportunity to take a look into the financial sector to see if there's any bargain basement prices going on, unless the market was unraveling at the time, which it certainly can be, but if there's bargain basement prices going on and the stock market's not unraveling, that would be an area where you can pick up some financials on the cheap because they're likely to also get a dead cap bounce along with yields. And that was long-winded, a little bit long in the tooth, That's where I'm going to wrap it. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.